That's just me constantly winning and having a positive attitude, bro. This shit crazy. It's nah. crazy. Getting chill because it's like, damn, like, it's a movie from what Carlos said on 85 South. He's like, man, you need to go ahead and do a movie. I'm like, I'm ready. Who playing me? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. If you got one spark up, you listen to the Higher Learning Podcast with 420 NJ Events. Let's go. All right. Happy 420, everybody. Welcome to the Higher Learning with 420 NJ Events Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Robinson, here with my brother, my co-host, Dan Okoro. We got a special, special guest on the show tonight. This man needs no introduction. You know, we talking about an OG in this game, a pioneer, oh, your, favorite, your favorite trapper's favorite trapper. You know what I'm talking about? From the Bay. I'm talking about the legend, Mr. Tucky Blunt from New York. What's happening, OG? <laughs> man, that was dope. That was dope. good. It was good. Was How y'all doing, man? You doing good, bro. Listen, be- before we jump into it, you know we got to light up. I'm not sure if you got something over there or not, but you know, we got to. Um, I can, yes. Give me one yeah, For sure, for sure. All right. Finish up one of the ones I'm testing, you know. And use my top shelf Tucky ashtray. Come on now. Tell him, bro, top shelf. Hey, the stuff you get. I'm picky. Like, man, if I'm gonna put my name on it, has to be a certain way. So oh, nah, that's real. I got a little doobie light up, but it's a it's a potential. I think we're gonna this is a solid potential for the next simply green flavor. Okay. Okay, okay that's real. Well, listen, brother, before we jump into everything, man, let's let's just start there, man. Kind of give our audience just a background on, you know, who Tucky is and kind of how you got in the game and how you got to where you are today, brother. I'm Alfonso Tucky Blunt Jr. Yes, my last name is really Blunt. Um, I'm from uh, East Oakland, California, born and raised, fifth generation, third generation weed seller in the family. Um, well, shit, some of my kids might sell weed, so um, we'll get there, we'll, 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 whatever. So maybe fourth, but... Um, I'm a father, a husband. Um, I call the Heavenly Father Yahweh, so I'm a Yahweh-fearing person. And I just so happen to be the first ex-felon for selling cannabis to now have a dispensary selling cannabis. Cool. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Other than that, bro, I mean, uh, my history with cannabis has been as early as I can remember, three, four years old. Um, it was never... a bad thing in my family. Cannabis was never talked about in a negative light in my family. Um, but I did see the negative effects it had on us in the can, you know, in the community for selling it or whatnot. But both my parents sold cannabis, grandmother grew cannabis. Um, like I said, when I'm 41, when Darren stuff came out, I laughed at the cannabis stuff because it was like, this ain't heroin, this ain't crack, this none of that, whatever, bye. I knew I wanted to sell weed at an early age, like really early. I knew and my dad to tell you, he didn't ever teach us nothing about selling cannabis. He taught us how to detail cars, how to paint houses, how to, how to cut grass. Um, you know, he wanted us to work with somebody and retire. Mm-hmm. So I was never on that. I would work for somebody just to sell weed at the place I worked at, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. But I just knew I wanted to sell weed at an early age and at 16, I finally had my opportunity. Um, I had been smoking it on and off since I was 13. Been in hell on it since I can remember. Um, and then at 16, I got my third job at the time. I started working when I was 13. So I got my third job when I was 16. Everybody I worked with smoked weed. All my friends smoked weed, but they didn't have a reliable source to get it from. I will, you know, say I'm what they would call a connoisseur. I really have a good palate. I can put it up against anybody you name that are personal friends of mine. You name them, I can smoke with them. Um, 
and I knew how to find weed. I had, you know, been doing my, I found weed. I made more money at work than I did at work. And I just kept applying that pressure because it was like, uh, I figured if I was gonna sell weed and be able to get away with it, because it is illegal, even though I don't believe it should be illegal. At that time, I knew that if I was on a turf selling it, I was gonna get caught selling it. So I had to approach a way to make money without being on a turf and voila. So this is crazy. <laughs> so fast forward, you know, I'm 16, I'm hustling, I'm working. It's good. I didn't have no kids at the time. We was living in a youngsters having fun. Um, one thing about me with my hustling, I never wanted to be the man. I just wanted to be a man. Cause I felt people that are the men get radars on. I didn't want no police interaction. My goal was to do everything I could to have not have no police bothering me. Um and that's how I approached my selling. So referral only basis. You couldn't just walk up to me and buy weed. I had to know you. I had to have somebody who vouched for you, for you to fuck with me, yada, yada, yada. Sure. Make great money. 16 to 19, I'm just hustling, 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 everything cool. At age 19, my granny rest her soul, the one that was growing, my mom's mom, Mama Jesse. I'm taking her around like I used to do, just on different errands, whatever. She had me pull up to 19th and Telegraph in downtown Oakland. And um, she goes in the store. She tells me she's picking up her meds. I'm like, all right, whatever. She come out with a white bag. And I said, Granny, what's that? She's talking about, it's weed. I said, wait, you bought weed out of a store? She was like, yeah. I said, yeah, I want one of these. Like, and this was this was 1999. I didn't even know nothing about dispensaries at the time. It's the Prop 215 days. So I instantly was intrigued, started looking it up. Back then, I don't even think we had Google. So how did I even search? How did I, I don't know. I found out how to get at dispensaries. Uh-huh. Got the list, you know, got a cannabis card, started working at dispensaries, started growing in 2002. Um, by 2004, I had flavors that I grew going to different cannabis clubs via me and a couple of my cousins. You know, we all grew together. Um, it was it was, it was was cool. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? It was cool. I've had, you know, ups and downs. I've been robbed before, you know, all that old kind of shit. But overall, weed is done fine by me. Um, 2004, I was in between jobs. And then I had a son coming in 05. So me, just being me, I'm like, man, I can't really work right now. So I'm like, what can I do? I'm like, man, fuck it. I'm finna go to the turf. Mind you, again, as y'all, like I said, I don't grind on the turf. I'm from a turf. Everybody know me on the turf. Granny house still on the turf. But I don't need to be out there. I'll come visit, hang out. But it's good. This changed. I went out there. When I say... I said, oh, this is what niggas do all day on the turf? Oh man, I should have been out here. It was, it was, it was bananas. It was bananas. It was cool. So, you know, I kind of got entrenched in it. I still was moving my other way, still was working. You know, like I said, I was in between the jobs. So once I started my job, or so I thought, you know, it was cool. I get snitched on. One of the guys I was buying weed from snitched on me. Um, got arrested on a Thursday. The job that I was waiting on. I started working at that following Monday. So when I get arrested, his goal, I guess, was to hopefully fuck off my job, get me arrested, whatever. I'm driving downtown, y'all, and I'll let y'all you know, go after this because this is just hilarious. I'm driving downtown with the cop. I'm in the back. You know, they pull up. They uh, tell me we got a call to the White Over Gold LTD. Got a gun and weed in it because I had my gun at the time. It was registered to me because um, I was starting my job at probation. I was going to be a probation officer. You know what I'm saying? So crazy. 
So I had my registered gun, all the shit, and I had, I'm glad they came when they came. I only had $80 worth of weed on me at the time. And I had like probably about two to $300 worth of weed pastries because I sold weed pastries too back then. So they don't know what the pastries is. I offer to give them some, couple of cops take them, whatever. They take me downtown. They're like, man, if you got anything to tell us, we'll drop the charges. I'm like, no, I ain't got nothing to tell you. I bail out. Like, whatever. Take me downtown. Get downtown. I bail out. Before I go in there, you know, to strip down and they violate and all the shit, I told the cop, I said, bro, I start work for Alameda County Monday morning. You know what I'm saying? For probation. I'm like, man, whoever did whatever they did, you know what I'm saying? That stuff you found, I got a car for that, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't hearing none of it. Monday morning. I'm walking downstairs from lunch at the probation building, Alameda County, 400 Broadway, downtown Oakland. I'm walking downstairs for lunch, coming up the stairs from, from, from whatever he was doing was my arresting officer, Randy Wingate. First day of work. I said, hey, Officer Wingate, you remember me? He looked at me, he was like, Mr. Blunt, you really? I said, I told you I started working for the county on Monday. So for that to happen, didn't go full circle to all the shit that I'm sure we're going to talk about with, with Blunt some more and all the shit. That same cop right now to this day just helped me get my record clear. So I'm no longer failing. All my charges is gone. All the shit because we ended up linking up last year after the George Floyd robberies and murder. You know, the murder of him led to hella robberies. We ended up linking up with the OPD. Ended up being on a phone call with the captain of OPD, who was my arresting officer. Hadn't talked to him since it happened 17 years ago. And then we linked there and realized, you know, he like, man, that's you, that's you. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Help me get my record clear and everything. Same cop who arrested me, dog. Crazy, bro. I mean, that story in, in its entirety is crazy. But like, everything about your story, took us as we read about, read into you, brother, like, it all comes full circle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're from Oakland, you sold in Oakland, you got a store in Oakland, you've been arrested in Oakland, like, you rep in Oakland, you know what I'm saying? Like. Bro, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. So like, I'm curious though, how'd you go from getting the job at the parole to now being an entrepreneur? Oh, what's crazy is all the while I was doing that, keep in mind, I told you, I've been working since I was 13. So I, I love when this podcast shit, I can get like in depth. This 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 is what I need to make a movie about. I don't give a fuck, excuse my language. I feel yeah, like talking my shit, life, it's some real, like some real shit. So I'm just path walking. I don't know none of this is going on. I'm not even knowing that none of this is in my future. 1999 for me to speak on a dispensary. Oh man, so I catch the case um, while being on probation because I didn't have time to fight the case. As soon as they offered me whatever they offered me, I took it. So the first deal they offered at that time in the 2004, 2005, 2006 take niggas to jail era in Oakland. Your mandatory minimum was a five to 10 years of felony probation and a four-way search clause, which means anytime you walk in, driving, anybody that's with you, they can all get searched. You can get searched, your person, your house, everything. Total violation for five to 10 years, unless you pay your restitution off and get the stuff sealed and off your record, which none of us know how to do or knew about. So luckily for me working at the county, I knew about all that stuff. So I catch the case, I take the first deal they offer. As soon as I do it, I'm registered in the system as being on probation. You can't work at probation and be on probation. So I, it made me have to transfer to the social services agency, which is AKA the welfare office. So by me going to work there, mind you, bro, I'm a nerd. I type 90 words a minute. I've been a secretary. I was a secretary for 13 to 15 years of my life. So I know how to do hella shit. I can teach Microsoft, all the shit. And I'm a certified master detailer. Like. I can clean your car showroom to where you can lick the paint type shit. Like I'm raw. One of the most sought after detailers in the Bay Area. 
So on top of all that, on top of throwing parties, throwing comedy shows, rapping before, like knowing everybody in the Bay and beyond in the music and like hip hop scene, like I know them, like we we're friends. Like I can pick up my phone and dial certain people. You understand what I'm saying? So all of that has come full circle with what's going on. So bam, I go to the county, I move to the other office. I meet my wife, which is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like all the shit that went on, I would have never met her had I not got transferred to the building I went to. So I do all that. I'm working, everything going cool. I'm still selling weed, everything good. Kids doing good, weed doing good. But I was just tired of selling weed just to sell weed. I really wanted a business. And um, I stopped like 2013. I just stopped selling weed. Cold turkey and just went full fledged in a detail mode. Um, got hired on a Tesla as a certified detail trainer. Um, they found me on LinkedIn, asked me to come teach people how to detail cars. And cre I created the position for me, my own salary, created it all, and was doing cool. Doing it for about a month and a half, everything was going good. And then the supervisor who interviewed me tried to fight me because he was mad that I was doing my job, I guess, better than him. Mm -hmm. Tried to fight me. I ended up getting fired because I told him if he got any closer, I was going to beat his ass which I was serious to the motherfucker. Um, got fired, stressed out. So I'm back like, okay, I'm gonna go back detail. I'm talking to my wife. She's like, man, this is fucked up shit. A month later, I get a phone call from Mike Marshall, who is the voice of I Got Five on it. The guy that actually sings I Got Five on it. Homeboy of mine, the loonies, his friends, us, you know, like some of this shit is repetitive, but it's, it's, it's just facts. He called me and said, Tucky, um, you ever caught a weed case? I mean, he said, hey, how you doing all the shit? He was like, you ever caught a weed case in Oakland before? It was just Ella random. I'm like, yeah, why? He said, um, I got two sisters out of Atlanta, a mom and daughter. Um, they know the legal side of the new cannabis, but they're trying to, you know, get into the legal space some more. And they got a thing in Oakland called the Social Equity Program. And I was like, huh. All right, what they, you know, what they want for me? He was like, nothing. They just need you to fit the criteria. He told me the criteria is I had to fit a certain income bracket. I was unemployed at the time. Um, 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 I had to have lived in Oakland 10 of the last 15 years and been able to prove it. Um, so I was able to prove that. Um, uh, whatever, I fit the qualifications. Uh -huh. So I went and met with them. It was me, my younger daughter, my former partner, Brittany, and her mom. And um, we met, they told me about the equity program told me that they wanted to open a Black-owned dispensary, you know, all the good shit. I, I was all for it. I'm like, yeah, all right, let's do it. I didn't think it was going to happen, but yeah, all right, come on. This was September of 17, bro. December of 17, you had to submit your applications. We submitted our applications. 66 people submitted applications for dispensaries. 36 made it through. And on January 31st, 18, they had a bingo ball style drawing where you took a bingo ball, um, they called your business name, you took a bingo ball, you throw it in the chamber. Once all 36 balls is in, they roll it around, la, 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 pick a ball out. If your ball was picked, you lost. The last four remaining balls in the chamber won a dispensary license. I put our ball in third, and somehow, some way, it was one of the last remaining four. Oh. <laughs> like, bro, and so, like, literally, when that happened, once the, um, I, I keep forgetting, I need to send that around to people. I need to send y'all that. So once that happened, when they called the last ball, the fifth, you know, the fifth ball and set it down, they called off the names of the four people that won. And as soon as he said it, Greg Miner said it, I stood up 
you can hear me on camera say, praise Yahweh, I got a dispensary. Now, mind you, when I got the license, we didn't have a dispensary. We just had a license. Mm -hmm. Still had to go find funding, building, you know, money for the startup capital, like all of that. But at that time, that's what I said, because like that was some full circle, like, bro. And then after rewatching the tape of the, the drawing and seeing how our particular ball number was sitting on the top of the balls at one point and you can see it on camera. There was a time where two balls came out at once and the lady had to put them back in and roll it around. Our balls could have came out then. Like it was meant for us to win and for us to open first, bro. I don't know why, well, I guess, I guess cause it was, it was meant to be for me. I don't know. I'm not trying to like, you know, cocky or no, but I don't know, bro. It was destined for me to do this shit. Nah, bro. 100%, man. 100%. I mean, you listen, bro. Up to that point, you paid the cause. You feel me, bro? Like, you paid the cause. You paid your dues, bro. And, and you know, that's just how that thing worked out. You got what you deserve. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I guess some people kind of like, I haven't really had nobody really say it. But when they ask how much time I did, I'm like, I didn't do no time. They're kind of like, oh, I'm like, what does that mean? Just because I moved better, I mean, it doesn't take any of my credibility away. You got caught. Pretty yeah. Up. And I, that, that's your fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't just because I didn't do years doesn't mean I ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so I've, I've had to say that a few times, but it's like, whatever. It don't bother me. I know what I've had to do and had to avoid to do what I'm doing now. You know what I'm saying? I've been a store since 1996. You know what I'm saying? Now I own one. And I want others to feel like me. You feel me? Like I want other people to have ex-fellas to have dispensaries in that same zip code they caught their case with me. You feel mm -hmm. me? Like that's that's yeah. some that's some that's some shit we need. Like that's real. man, it's only one percent of us in this space, ownership wise. And I ain't talking about dispensaries only. I'm talking about all facets of cannabis. It's only one percent of us representing the space. Ain't no fucking competition. Let's all work together somehow, some way, so we can eat. So my kids, 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 kids can eat. Cause the shit we're talking about now that we that I'm pushing now, I'm not finna see the 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 you know what I'm saying, the end of this. I'm trying to set it up for them because if we don't do this like we need to do this, like the other races do and get together, we're going to be fucked out of this industry before we can even get in good. That and that's cool. not cool with me. Nah, it ain't cool with us either, bro. And I, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that part out, though, about the fact that you didn't do time, cast the one, give you your flowers. Like, fuck that. You, you know I mean, to do what you did for 20 years and only do what you did, I know what kind of, I, I know what kind of nigga you are. You know what I'm saying? Bro, and I'm talking about, like I said, my, my, I think, I think I think what blessed me was always my mindset. Don't get me wrong. I got the fuck shit I've done before. I've been, you know, I don't, I don't know, I've never been a fuck. I don't be in no bullshit. But I mean, I've had my selfish ways and just different, you know, uh, being, not being rude to women, just having, like, I, I, I got my faults. You understand what I'm saying? But when it comes to just being like a real person and really doing this shit from the heart, like, I got old school clients that's been buying weed for me since I was 16, still come to the store. I've had weed clients tell me that, like when I switched over to being on the turf and they could catch me on the turf. Like, see, you're not, you're not good on the turf. Being on the turf ain't for you because I pull up with five different types of strains. Which one would you like? This one does this, this one does this. And like, bro, I just want to pull up and pull the fuck off. This is not, this is, you're not set out for me. This is not for you. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, everybody to see that then. I didn't, like I've been saying it a lot lately too. I didn't sign up for this, bro. I had no clue who was going to be the first equity dispensary to open. Like all of that stuff, all the trial and tribulation we went through that year to open, to get that license in January, and then open in November, and then open right across from the Oakland Coliseum in my section. You know what I'm saying? That 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 that, that was all meant to be. Then to close, to have to shut down, 
due to some fuck shit from my partner. And then to be able to reopen. And now I got all of my shit. I own all the IP for all this. I can take this into 35 states now, trademark. And it's just me now because you want it to be shady. Ah, oh, man, it's this. My homeboy said it. Shout out my nigga Kang. Um, if you do see this design, man, the man told me the other day, I kid you not, it's my young homie. Nigga told me, he said, Tuck, I ain't never got a question if you a good dude. He said, because no matter what you go through, you always end up on top. The reason he said that is because he's the reason I got on LinkedIn in the first place, which led me to getting a job at Tesla because I was detailing. He like, bruh, man, you you so raw. You might want to just start doing it. Or, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm tired of dealing with Negroes and trying to cut my prices. I'm like, no, nah, my details is 350 or better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll get down. So he like, man, put yourself on LinkedIn. Somebody going to hit you. Within six days of being on LinkedIn, Tesla reached out. I ignored him because I thought it was spam. So I didn't even reply to like two weeks later when they hit me again. That same dude ended up being the same dude that the computer I got from Tesla that I looked up the social equity program on, he fixed for me, you know, because he did computers. So just for him to be telling, like, bro, no matter what you go through, you got fired from Tesla on some fuck shit, end up getting a dispensary. Your partner do some fuck shit to you, leave you in hell of debt, you end up clearing up most of the debt, and now you back open. He said, you can't, like, you, you, whatever is in you, I know you good people. So it's like, it's, it's, it's shit like that that yeah. fucked me up. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this, bro. Like I didn't sign up to be the face of this. I didn't sign up to be doing podcasts. I just know how to talk. I used to rap. Like I know how to be. I've been on stage since I was five. It just so happens that all of that stuff helps with what I'm doing now. Everything I've ever done in my life is helping me do this right now. From being a husband, to being a father, to being a hustler, to working, to just like everything. You know what I'm saying? Like. When I say I didn't want to be the man, there was a reason for that. The men go to jail. I don't want to be the man that's in the spotlight of the people. I didn't mind selling my little whatever y'all want to call. I didn't find I had great money doing great, perfectly fine. You know what I'm saying? Counting salaries was not paying much. I think you know I man got like 2200 every two weeks or something. That's we fucked that off. Like you know what I'm saying? Like we was cool. So you know what I mean? Like to be able to do this now, and I'm inspiring people to lead a traditional market and come this route and it can help and guide and like oh man bro like i i don't know man i'm, I'm applying the same networking facet and the same shit i did in the streets to this yeah, I'm major so difference i had to learn is contracts uh-huh. uh, i gotta speak on that just briefly this legal shit is just like the trap shit it really really is it really the, the, the only difference is these corporate motherfuckers don't know how to move and they getting checked by people like me mm-hmm. um but then we have to know our paperwork. There's no paperwork on the streets. There's me looking you dead in your face, mm-hmm. shaking your hand, and it being what we say it is because we men, women, and we look at each other. I, your, your word is bond. This handshake means something. Sure. None of that applies in the legal cannabis space. Mm-mm. Paperwork. Paperwork. You know what I'm saying? Get your paperwork. Get with you the free attorneys to look over your paperwork. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That. Like that's the big, 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 big difference. Paperwork part. But other than that. Bro, this shit is 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 it's lovely, but I'm greedy. I'm a hustler. Like I want more. Like I want other people to feel like me. I want a franchise. No, dead ass, bro, for sure. And and you know that's what gravitated us towards you, bro. Is your grind? Like 
I saw somewhere you had a 4.0 in high school or some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then my son, he's a fucking, him and my daughter, they fucking, all my kids always got good grades, but it's just funny that two particular ones that are in the babies, they're both in the 4.0 club right now. Mm-hmm. Hold on, trying to find the picture. But yeah, I graduated high school. So Oakland, I went to Oakland Public Schools for my high school. Um, the high schools in Oakland Public Schools, it was six high schools. Out of the six high schools, graduating class in 1997, mind you, I was 16 when I graduated and then I walked at 17 because I skipped when I was in fifth grade. Um, fourth grade, I skipped the fourth grade. I went from third to the fifth. So when I graduated early at 16, walked at 17, I was number nine overall out of the whole six high schools for academics. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm like that all the time. I'm really, really, really a street smart nerd. Like, as, 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 but it was like, I don't call what I was doing in school being nerdy. School was just hella easy for me. Like, I watched my, my kids, like, it's the same thing. It's easy for them. Like, school was never, plus for me, my incentive for me with school was, cause like, I'm a retention thing. I can retain enough to pass my test, do what I need to do. Because my parents told me, as long as I get good grades, I can do whatever the fuck I want. That's it. Hmm. Let me go ahead and get these good grades. You know what I'm saying? And that that's pretty much what, what it was. Here go the picture right here. So I don't know if y'all can see it. Oh, it ain't gonna show you. But I, I sent it to you. But I got the picture on IG. So I'm in the I'm in the picture and it says 4.0 club in my junior high school. Cause I was salutatorian for junior high. So I was number two in the class. Cause I got a fucking B plus on an exam. And the motherfucker did it to me just to be spiteful. Uh, man, I was hella mad. So I ended up getting ended up getting salutatory at, at junior high, and I rapped my speech mm-hmm. to the funk to five e instrumental. Ah shit! Yeah, crazy. like I don't, I, I don't know, bro. And it's just I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a. I tell my kids this too. Like, it's okay to be smart, and you can still be popular. You can still like work you can still kick it you can still have friends like i was class king i was fucking um like you know all the shit like i did all the all the high school shit went to the prom all the old shit but you're not gonna fuck with me in these streets you feel me like ain't no nigga finna say oh i beat you up or i checked him i have got robbed twice yes i have that, that you know that happens mm-hmm. but nah i ain't on no you know what i mean like and i ain't saying that to be like oh you know I'm, nah i just try to move right so i don't even have to have them problems thousand percent bro it is it's, and you made a really good point when you talked about just like to me the most dangerous motherfucker in the world right now is a street smart motherfucker that, that goes corporate you know what I'm that knows how to go corporate you feel me and to your point just in this industry we, we got one percent ownership bro we need more street smart corporate motherfuckers in this you know what yes. i'm saying yes i mean bro the people that are making the laws for the space have never even smoked in most cases like how like I like, but this is America. So, you know, I, and I, I do have to say we have come a long way since what, 2012 or 2014, whenever uh, Colorado, you know, went, we have come, you know, pretty far. Like I'm on a podcast talking about a black guy owning a dispensary, even though Keith Stevenson, Purple Heart, Oakland is the first black owned dispensary owner. I have to make sure I say that. And the fourth longest running dispensary owner anywhere in the world, Keith Stevenson, Purple Heart. Um, but for us to even be able to talk about saying black owned dispensaries and black owned distros and black owned this in cannabis will come a long way. But the way that we go further is getting us in those rooms with the people before these laws are inked. Because once they're inked, there's no editing. 
with laws. This is America. Ain't no amending a fucking law. And people have to get back to voting. I don't know how old you gentlemen are, but I remember turning 18 and being inspired to go vote as a youngster. That's when we looked forward to it. Our kids couldn't give two shits about voting. They don't know who's the local council person. They don't care. Like that type of stuff helps craft who's in office to help. Uh, the democracy is for the people, right? So if we're not voting the people into that we want in there, how are we going to be mad when they're not doing what the people want? You, the, the other people that wanted them in there, put them in there. So all of that has to go back with cannabis because we can go further once we're in those rooms and helping crafting laws. And that's what I'm on. Like, I don't want to run all the blunts and more. I had um, Mick um, from uh, Cash Color Cannabis asked me, he was like, you're not scared to franchise? And I'm like, nah, bro. Like, I don't want to run all the stores. Don't get me wrong. We're going to bring the blueprint, you know, the management structure, you know, we bring the, you know, here, do this. And then we can run it. But no, Tucky got bigger fish to fry. I need to be in these rooms with these motherfuckers that I can show y'all. Like I can come in here in a suit, tie, boot and suit, talk the same way y'all talk. And then we can get funky with it. You know what I'm saying? Like I need, and I can do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I've built my brand enough and my name enough to have that respect and we got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 it's no reason why we shouldn't be banding together. I'm not saying call everybody stores, blunts and moors. No, I want my little stores in each area. Do your thing as many stores as possible. Yeah. But us pooling our funds together, us working together, us networking with each other, us connecting other brands to other brands. Like we have to deprogram and I've been saying that a lot and I mean it. We have to deprogram that black people are enemies. Y'all not my enemy. You feel me? Like, I don't see, like, I, I've had to, you know, calm myself down that on too. Like, when you walking past a certain group of people, depending on how they look, you may have a, you know, you shouldn't be like that. Like, why? okay, why I can't walk past a group of Negroes, but then I can walk past a, a group of white boys and it's okay. They'll slit your throat, blow you up, you know, all, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. So it's like that type of reprogramming, even just for myself. But now, if I'm in the hood, and I'm, you know, somewhere, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little, you know what I mean? But just like to look at each other as the enemy or look at, well, I can't help him, you know, get on because uh, it may make him bigger than me or we gotta, we gotta quell that dog. I'm not, I'm not, That's real. I don't know. I'm not on that. Nah, we ain't on that shit either. I mean, like you just said it, bro. We got 1% ownership, man. How we, how we beefing? Fact. How we beefing? Man, I say it all the time. Like, how are we fighting over 1%? Everybody, everybody like, are you worried about competition? I'm like, no. Like, I'm from an era, even though I wasn't on the turf, when I did go to the turf, I know how turf runs. People stand next to you and sell the same thing. There's no competition. Plus, you know anything about East Oakland and the weed game? Everybody's a weed man. Everybody. So ain't no competition. Your fucking teacher is the weed man. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's no... Ain't no competition. If you a hustler, people gonna come to you because you 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 know how to, you know, you you gonna get your clients. You know what I'm saying? Your clients gonna pick you. Customer service. You know what I'm saying? Period. 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 So yeah, I don't know, bro. I'm just I'm just real big on shit. Just just bringing us all together as best I can. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm this ain't no we are the world type shit. No, I'm not gonna work with every brand because it's just some people you don't mesh with. Mm -hmm. But just because I don't mesh with you, don't mean this person won't. You feel me? Like. We just got to get out of all that old, just, I don't know, like, I just, I don't know, I, li I, li I like bringing people together. Like you, like you said, you know, we were talking about off camera, like, you told me somebody you wanted on here, I know them, you text them. Yeah, hey, check did. them out. You did it. Nah, that's real shit, bro. You, you, <laughs> let me say that, let me say that on camera. This man is a man of his word. You know what I'm talking about? We appreciate each other for sure. 
that means something to me. I appreciate that. Like, I don't, you see me say early, like, word is bond. That's some shit that, you know, came from my daddy, but I know that's word. That's everywhere. Everybody say it, but that's when I learned it from him. And it's like, I have to apply that same pressure to, I gotta, I gotta hold these people accountable as making decisions for our space. They ain't never been in our space. And then they want to hit you with the, well, we're corporate. We do this differently. No, you in cannabis. Cannabis ain't corporate. Cannabis ain't never been corporate. So you don't apply those same rules here. Cannabis was about compassion. It was about donations. It was about community. It's about bringing people together. It's not about all this, oh, you know, high, like high price, low energy, put this shit on yourself. Don't promote it that it's at the stores. No, it's not about that. No, once you get in the store, it's time to promote it the most so it can sell out. Like I sell weed, dog. Like I don't, I don't, the way that I sell weed, I don't want nothing to sit. So if your shit come in my store, I only want to sell this. Blunt some more. Or tucky weed. Mm-hmm. But if I'm gonna share my turf with you, then you need to tell motherfuckers your weed here. Yeah. That's not even that's not even that's not even hard marketing. My weed is here. Yeah. Go there and buy it. So just it's, it's it's changing that narrative because they think, you know, once it hits the shelf, mission accomplished. Nah, man. No. But if you don't have the motherfuckers really like, you know, a lot of these companies need niggas like me in their boardrooms. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all like to call y'all on y'all bullshit just because y'all saying it's corporate don't make it right. That's real, bro. That's real. You know what I'm saying? What is? Oh, this is corporate. What does that mean? You know what I'm saying? I've worked corporate before. I was a union shop steward for shit, ten years. So I argue against corporate being <coughs> like I know how to do. Like, come on, man. Don't don't. Before before we got into cannabis, you know, I, I did business banking for the last 12 years. So I dealt with these motherfuckers all the time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and oh, now, that, now that we in those meetings, but it's cannabis, it's time to dance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's time to dance, bro. And you, you make you make some of your good points because this thing is culture. And we were even on the CRC call last week in Jersey. They're writing up the rules or whatever. And these motherfuckers is on there giving out Shark Tank pitches on a social equity call. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying, bro? And I, I called him out on it or whatever, but like I, that brings me to my next question though. Like you being someone from the soil, in the social equity from the jump, in a state like Jersey or any emerging state, like what do you think social equity should look like? Well, one, we have to be in the conversation when they crafting what it looks like, but it should look like, I don't know numbers um, as far as like how many should be in, a, in an area like oversaturation or whatever. Cause I, I personally believe it shouldn't be a cap, but you should have a good number of dispensaries because it'll even out the prices. Mm-hmm. Just you have more options, you gotta lower the price because you can't be hella high, you're not gonna make no money. But that's hustle. But social equity should look like, I mean, Oakland did what they could. Shout out to Dusty Brooks, shout out to Steve, uh, uh, Keith Stevenson for, for pushing it, you know what I'm saying? But that was like a template. So now you gotta enhance on the template. You know what I'm saying? You got to bring the people in to help craft the template to get it right for us. How that looks is, you know, definitely equal access. Like if you're going to have 100 licenses, 50% of them should be equity. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, Black or brown owned. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, the other 50, I mean, can go to whomever. I mean, I'm, I, 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 don't, I don't see why we should get any less of a percentage. Um, um, it should look like grants off top from the jump funding for us. I mean, it takes 3 million. If you want to own the property, it takes you at least 3 million to open a dispensary in California. I don't know about everywhere else, but if you're trying to own the property, like, you know, buy it, build it up, have money for startup capital, have money for just everything that comes with opening the business, you're looking at about 3 million. 
roughly, give or take. Um, if you're doing a grow, you can be anywhere from one to three million, just depending on how, you know, how technical, how many lights, all the shit. Equity qualified people don't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. So if us getting a license and no grant money from the state, and we need to, like $10,000, I mean, I say this before and people get mad, I've had people get mad at me, $10,000 ain't shit. Great. You giving me $10,000 is not shit. And, uh, and I'm going up against a company that has bazillions amounts of liquid and just can throw it away on bullshit. And you give me $10,000 to go do what? And then I can't even open until I have certain stuff in place. I'm paying rent on places that I can't even like, there needs to be like um, rent control with regards <clears throat> to social equity, I think. Like, you know, if you're gonna house a social equity client in your building, give them a break. Quit charging us these high ass prices, you know, for the rent. And then you know we can't do A, B, and C until we do D, E, and F. And now we're paying rent for a place and ain't made no money. You're already in the red. Like we start off, and I've said it before, it's kind of like a reverse one on drugs. The social equity program is a dope. It's dope as fuck. It's how I got my dispensary. It's dope. Good concept, all the shit. But we have to address the issues. There's no way you can start us off $10,000. I would say, if possible, if you could, if there's a way to raise enough money, I think every business, if it's reputable and you have your, you know, your stuff in order and you get the license and you, you know, come with your LOIs, you got the buildings, or if you're linking with the people that already have buildings ready to house these type of things and you set that type of stuff up, I say at least start us off with like 125 k That's not much, but at least if we have that and we go to partner with somebody, we at least have something you know what I'm saying? Like with us, we didn't have nothing. Our landlord, who is now my partner now, they didn't. we didn't give them no ownership. A lot of the people that are coming through the social equity program don't know how to negotiate them kind of deals. So, you know, they got training programs that help with that. So I think, I, I, I say, I said all of that to say, social equity needs to look like education and funding, yep. period. That's what it needs to look like. It needs to look like people need to be educated on what they need to do, how they need to move, how to navigate through the space, get with, um, real estate people potentially and have properties like it's a way for everybody to make money but a lot of these people in the cannabis space are trying to make money now and do things for the high but the way cannabis work and the way you eat in cannabis how I've been able to eat for so long is you lower stuff you sell more because people will buy it more so if we have all these points all connected all working together you got the real estate here you got the growers here, you got the uh, transportation people here, you got security firms here, and you funnel all that together and y'all navigating all that out, that's money for everybody. Everybody. Oh, multiple, like so many revenue streams for everybody to eat off of, why not? So it's just like that social equity, like, and not even just social equity, all the cannabis should look like that. Mm -hmm. But people not that's in this space aren't from this space. So it's not gonna ever look like that because the people that are really in it, from the beginning and a part of it, it's not gonna be enough of us to overtake the others. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm doing a fucking, um, I gotta do a uh, federal legalization panel at the end of this month. Barbara Lee and their offices are all supposed to be tuned in. Do you know? I cannot wait to get in there. If they tell me I can actually talk, oh, we finna have a talk. But if not, I can still talk without talking, but that's the type of stuff that we we have to be in those rooms. You cannot sign a social equity bill and you ain't talking about consulting. I'm talking about in the room when you guys are doing or on the Zoom, whatever, in this room, on this conversation with all these 
non-whites are making these decisions, we need to be in there making these decisions with them. Period. Period. And bro, look, I, I want to touch on two things you said. You said you said a lot of great shit just now. Um, the education and the funding. Mm-hmm. Definitely got to chop it up with you offline. We got this thing, the Minority Cannabis Academy, where we're focused on the education for black for black and brown folks. Okay. No. no. These MSOs are going to come into our neighborhoods. They got they, they should fund these black and brown folks through horticulture, yes. career training, entrepreneurship. You know, it's crucial, bro. Um, and then the funding aspect, right? I, I agree with you. Ten thousand is not enough, but to keep it just a hundred percent G with you, yep. one twenty five ain't enough either. Facts. Okay. Be, uh-huh. Hold on. Let me, let me just say this. Facts. They spend fifty billion a year on the war on drugs, bro. Yes. I don't want to hear nothing about funding. That gets. I so I a million percent agree. I was just being nice. Okay. I think everybody should get million dollar checks. I mean, sure. if, you, if you ever, if you have a right, you know, legitimate and can do it and is ready to go, and your business plan is tight, and you ready like how we was to open, give them a million dollars. Well, listen, bro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this. I don't even think it's a number. Give them the finished product. If they got everything in place, yep. Give them a finished product, ready to go. You know what I'm saying? A ready to go product. Yep. Whatever that costs, 1.7, 2.6. 3 million, Three million. And that's what I'm trying to do with Blunt some more. I want to be able to pull my money together with my homies or investors, but I don't want them to think they're finna get like, the whole model with me as far as like a return on investment, if you invest in Blunt some more for another one to open, you're getting 10% back, bro. You know, I'm not finna give you no 20. It's an investment. It's here, here go 10. Lucky if you get 10. I want to do six to 10, but I'll give a nigga 10%. And you get your royalties for, you know, doing what you're doing on the store or whatever. You get that, you know, but bro, to be some of these interest rates is like, bro, no, we're not. I'm not trying to lend people money per se. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to put them in a position to win and then get a little kickback for me helping you. That's it. That's just good business. You feel me? It's good business. No, that's good shit, bro. Well, listen, man. I mean, this has been a a great conversation. Before we get out of here, two things I want to talk about, man. Yep. I mentioned it earlier. You being raised from Oakland, selling weed in Oakland, going to jail in Oakland, educating yourself in Oakland, um, creating your business in Oakland, running your own dispensary in Oakland. Like, just talk your shit for a second, bro. We big on giving motherfuckers eight flowers. Talk your shit, bro. I'm just thankful. I'm, I'm, uh, I have my days of being flashy and kind of like, you know, uh, well, I still kind of am a little bit, but just like my days of, you know, whatever, whatever. But I'm older now, so I've been trying to be as humble as I can. But behind the scenes, Man, you know how you do the little jump kick where you kick your feet together? Uh-huh. I do that. I'm doing that in my brain like every day I wake up. Like, um, it's yeah. just, um, when you do good, good shit happen. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for everything that's ever been done to me, for me, with me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, shit, my family, my wife, my kids, um, all my connections, all my friends. Like, I've, I've really been that nigga, but I'm really that nigga. Like it's 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 <laughs> it's man, it's it's my hands getting sweaty even saying because I don't like I don't like you know being that, but yeah. I, I mean like you said I gotta talk my shit like I have a brand that people fuck with. Like the simple green shit. I can't really go into the detail of what I'm what I'm doing. Well, yes, I can. It's my shit. I can say whatever I want. Simple Green, and this is exclusive. Only maybe I think five people know this, but they don't know it online. Okay. Simple Green, 
I did to prove a point. Um, and this is, I guess, me talking my shit. So, like we said off camera, I am tired of weed being based on some weird ass names or how colorful and kitty a package looks. I come from the era of buying weed in a clear baggie. You can see it all and it was either purple or good green. There was not too many options. If you had names, you might have had your white widows. You know, you had your, you know, your, your, your train wrecks. You had your OG cushions. You had your standard stuff that you would hear about. But the way the weed game is set up now is high name, high flower. I mean, high value, whatever. I'm not from the $80 eighth era, the $100 eighth era. I'm from 25 max 50. You know, I used to buy zips for $400, but, you know, in resale. Like I'm buying them for 400 and I couldn't even resell them as a as apes because I had to bust them down and make them into like little fives to make a little 450. So yeah. I come from that area. So what I did with Simply Green was I'm gonna make something very simple, not give it no name, put two pounds of it in bags, and just tell y'all Simply Green, it's gonna be some dope. Sold out and since 420 sold out the two peas, right? So I'm like I said, I'm testing a new flavor to put in there. I did all that to prove. People just want good weed that smoke good, taste good, and get them high. Everybody in Mama been asking me what the name is. And then when I tell them, if I do tell them, they're like, huh, I didn't even think of that. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, if it's good weed and smoke, you're going to smoke. You're not worried about that. So Simply Green was kind of like a, uh, I don't want to use the word experiments. I don't want people to feel like they're, they're rats or anything. But it was, it was to show that. Y'all is being like, that's not how we sell weed. I'm gonna show y'all how to sell weed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my imprint on this game of how I move product. Like, nah, nigga, we're not finna do all that, nigga. It's good weed and it's smoke. Come get it. We're not finna talk about do it, do this. And what's the numbers on it? And what's the what's the TAC content? Man, none of that even matters. Cause I've had shit that had 18 TAC that knocked me on my ass. I had some shit with 31, 32, I laughed at. So you know, like, I'm from that era. Good smoke. Is it good green or is it purple? So I guess uh other than that, I'm talking my shit. Um I have a verse that y'all might can hear of a song I'm doing with uh Be Legit and my boy Stevie Joe. And it actually is talking some shit, actually. Um the song, I think I might actually call it talking shit, but I can do that. And that'll actually be a good way to uh to end if y'all don't mind. It'll be a cappella though. No, nah, that's fine, but listen, before you drop, before you hit that shit, one last bro, yep. it's a tradition. Come on. And you the OG, so we we need you to go deep in your deep in your Rolodex. Alright. What's your favorite strain of all time and why? Um, it's called Skunk Train. Um, it is a has nothing to do with train wreck. It's three different strains of lineage crossed with a skunk one. Um, you got a skunk one cross with uh, one, skunk one cross with something else, and skunk one cross with something else. And the reason why it was my favorite is um, 2003, 2004-ish, I was trying to wean people off purple because I was tired of selling. It had got watered down, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't the same no more, the granddaddy purple. So I was trying to wean people off and I went to a cannabis club that I've been fucking with. I was buying all my cookies and shit from and he had gave me something. He's like, man, some skunk train, you know, check it out, Mr. Blunt. So I checked it out. But the shit was like, it was green. It was dumbass frosty, kind of like had like a, like a milk-like smell to it with the skunk on it. But the shit was 
bananas. No nigga on the turf had nothing like that. So I just started putting it in the bags, seeing what people would say. Same thing I did with Simply Green, where motherfuckers was asking for that more than purple. And the shit was just strong. It was just some good skunk one is all. If you can get some real skunk one, love skunk. Love skunk. Up. some real, and it's, if you can, I'm looking, I'm literally like, I'm on a hunt for some of them seeds, but nobody got them. But yeah, skunk train, skunk train. And then, um, of course, purple. I'm granddaddy purple one from East Oakland. That's just, you know, that's that's what we smoke. And I've never, ever, ever, ever in my life smoked Bammer weed. I've never smoked brown weed. So I only know good weed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, ah, uh, yeah, uh, Skunk Train and Granddaddy Purple. Nah, and listen, it's good to hear that you, you hunting for those seeds because uh, one of our one of our homeboys he got the he got the day. You know what I'm talking about? Man, I, I got some seeds. I just I just uh, hit a couple of my farms and them popped. I got one, two, three, four different farms with some of my seeds from my turf days. Seeds that me and my homeboys created. Okay. I now have getting popped to be coming to be sold. Like to be at like to be able to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm popping seeds from my turf days to be grown and sold in my store. Like, Crazy. Crazy. Hey, Brady, you have any questions before we get off here, bro? No, I'm just like, uh, I'm I'm ready to see this podcast when it's done and support y'all any way I can and um, continue to build, continue to work, continue to network. So, no, I'm, I, I didn't have, this was dope. Like, I got to talk my shit. So, I appreciate it. How, how can the people get in contact with you, bro? Um, so, um, Instagram, I'm at Tucky Blunt, T-U-C-K-Y-B-L-U-N-T-8-0. Um, the store page is Blunts and More with two O's. Um, I'm on the Twitter at Blunt Tucky. Facebook is family only, so don't even bother me. Um, if you're looking for consulting services, I do do that. I do charge, but the first thing I'll do for free for you is to tell you to watch my interviews. Watch my podcast. If you can watch at least 10 of them in full and then get your plan together that you want, you know, to talk to me about, then I'll entertain you. Um, and I mean that with all due respect, but I'm just, I get you, you'd be surprised at the emails and the inboxes I get with people just, I want to get into space. Can you tell me how? No, motherfucker. You need to do some research and figure out how you want to get into space. Um, uh, Bluntsamore.com and Proud Papa's Clothing. I'll be forgetting to promote my clothing page. So Proud Papa's Clothing. Make sure y'all check that out. And that's it, bro. That's 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 my pages. Um, and yeah, that's it. When we get up off here, man, make sure you send us your Addy and your size. We gotta get you some 420 merch. I got you. I got you. Do y'all still want the verse before I go? Oh yeah, 100. We are gonna finish it there. We are gonna finish it there. It's gonna be for two people. So I always give them whatever I get. I get one for the wife. So I send the size. To me. You already know. Done and done. You feel me? I'm a real, I don't fuck around it. That's the word. Like no game. Nah, nah, listen, bro. We we, we were keep me in, to keep me in line for shit. Damn, sixteen years. Damn, that's Damn. <laughs> Damn, cause she remember me fighting my case and all that. She was with like she this man. She this. I know she's so proud of me and all this shit. I know it's totally off, but I know she ah. she's so proud of me and shit. And she always tell me how proud of me she is. And this is even before, like even when I was going through the shit with losing jobs, cause like I said, I would get jobs, bro clear the test, clear the interview process, panel interviews, knock them out, bam, I'm in office. Within six months, I already got a regimen down. Like, I know how to do my job. I'm not one of the people that let shit sit on my desk, so I make people uncomfortable. Yeah. And then I'm six feet sitting in the desk, you know, typing 90 words a minute. I'm making you look bad because you look like, that's not my fault, you're not doing your job. So she knows all the stuff I was going through with losing jobs and bouncing around and going to different counties and all the shit. So 
for it to be coming full circle like this and she was there she was she remember seeing my first little grow or my second grow lab and shit she just she, she was my trimmer for hella years you know we, she, we trapping you know what i'm saying we, we work we work but shit she staying at home mom let's let's do what we got to do and she been here for everything so like you know like she her and my kids like i can tell my kids man i sell weed legally you know what I'm saying? they've known i sold weed sold cookie but they seen me drop two pair of shoes and I dropped two pair of cannabis shoes at a cannabis club with a black owned designer. Like who does that? Like, and I made my kids, y'all got to miss school to come see this. Like y'all need to see that. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like to be able to do all that and then have all this happen after my partner fucks me over and it has nothing to do with her. She can't make no money off of it or nothing. That's just me constantly winning and having a positive attitude, bro. Shit crazy. It's nah. crazy getting chill because it's like, damn, like, it's a movie from what Carlos said on 85 South. You're like, man, you need to go ahead and do a movie. I'm like, I'm ready. Who playing me? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, bro, listen. You, you need us to be in there. You already know. We got it. I'm ready, bro. Like, the nigga, I kid you not, we were like, when I did 85 South last week, he said that. He's like, man, we should do a movie. He started talking, like, acting it out, all the shit. He was like, shit, that's like six, seven episodes right there. We might take this to the big screen. I'm, man, I'm, we've already been talking. Like, yeah. I've had hella people ask me, how you get that 85 South? How you do that? How you do that? I hit them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I hit the contact button. I sent a bio. I sent my bio out 15 to 20 times, damn near every day, just all over different media places. Um, some say, hey, we're going to charge you. Most don't. I'm not paying to come. I'll pay for myself to get out there, but I'm not paying to do no interview with nobody. Sorry. Not, I mean, not like not like that, but like that. Um, so he was just, you know, when we, I didn't know this. They've been trying to work on, you know, some stuff they're trying to work on on 85 South for some, you know, cannabis stuff. All they deals ain't been working out right because of the different reasons that I know firsthand. Like, okay, yeah, that's why that's not working out right. Basically, long story short, I'm finna do something with them. So my other people, you know, with Gas House, like, I have the freedom to roam. You know what I'm saying? Bunch more than my brand, but I can go fuck with and network with whoever I want. And sure. if you want to bring me on to help you do that, there's some money in that. There's some money you can make. And that's just like, um, bro, I need to make, if I want my wife not to be able to work, because we have to work because the shit is hella high in California, I need to make at least $250,000, $350,000 a year. So I'm not making that at one blunt some more. You understand what I'm saying? So I got to I gotta keep. Bro, let me tell you something. I'm telling you this on some, real, on some real nigga shit. The way you think, the way your mind works, and just the kind of dude you are, you going to make 250, $300 million a year. Okay. Man. That's Man, I'm gonna try, bro. Like I don't, I don't know how much time I got here, so I gotta do what I can. You know, my kids, I don't want for nothing. Like we, y'all can't see our house because we're in the process of moving and shit. But like we, we take care of our kids. We got five kids. Like I do everything, you know, to make sure that I hate that my wife gotta work. I mean, she don't mind working. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? But because it build character, all the shit. But me personally, I only went and got jobs to just learn a trade, and that's and get health benefits. If it was up to me, I would have never worked for Alameda County ever in my life, but I needed to work there to build those connections and learn those crafts and learn how to do Microsoft. I'm certified to teach anybody anything in Microsoft right now, currently. You know what I'm saying? Because of my experience for Alameda County. So it's like everything, like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm trying to get together and write my book. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I need somebody just to record me and then write shit. But like, this is like, I really like, I have a story I think should be like really told like this is some really some real inspirational shit now we ain't even talked about nigga both my parents have been crack addicts before like we ain't we ain't even talked about all that. i done lived in shelters before like 
I done been through all kind of weird custody battles with like, we ain't, we ain't even talked about all that. You understand what I'm saying? It's still maintaining a 4.0, still did like, I don't like nothing getting in my way. Like everything, if I, I don't stay mad too long, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't believe in putting that energy into being angry long. I'd rather be happy because it, it's taking, you frown, take more energy than you smile. So like anything I go through, I'm cool with it within like maybe two, three hours. Let's move on. Let's, let's, let's. So I don't know. That was my little ending, little rant. <laughs> like that, that, that need to be heard, my brother. You feel me? Because we, again, we need more people like that. Man. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you this on camera. I, I know bro feel the same way, bro. Anything we can do, I mean, anything we can do. We've been saying since day one, like, Tucky's a real nigga, man. Like, he showed us love from the jump. Man, I appreciate that. And that means something. Like, y'all don't know me from Adam other than a couple emails and what y'all have been able to read about. So for me, Oakland, I come from, to be able to move around in all these different places, solo bolo. You know what I'm saying? I got a nigga that I can come bring and guard with me or whatever, but to be able to move around like that and tap in with the tap-ins and do what I need to do, and for people to meet me and within one meeting say, I'm a real nigga. I mean, that means something to most people. That means something to me. I mean, it, I don't, I'm not sure about the word nigga, but just been put the whole real on it. Yeah. You don't know me from Adam and you can feel that already. And then you can confirm that with other, that means something to me. It means something to me. Ah, it means something to us too. That's why I said it, you feel me? Well, that's crazy. Well, thank you, brothers. Right, for real, for real. <laughs> I know we got a little deep at the end, but let's let's, let's finish it strong with that verse, bro. All right, no, that was that was some good shit. So we ain't came up with a title yet. I know what beat I'm gonna use, but I gotta have a mecha- shout out to mechanics, mechanics. So, oh, y'all get another studio. So I'm working on a documentary, and right. documentary, of course, is about me, but it's also all my intersections in all the spaces I'm in, and I want to have Oakland barrier-based producers who I know make all the music for it. But it won't be like a compilation, so to speak. It'll just be like, you know, just different songs from my niggas while we're doing the documentary. So yes, crazy shit. So here's the verse. So been a weed man, 25 and counting. Big bags, that's your baby mama about me. You mad and that's really not shocking. LTD in front of nanny house, clean as fuck knocking. You claim you rolling good, but all I smell is gelato. That shit is watered down like an off-brand Moscato. Been blowing good since the red fence days. Real light green, four zip, then plays. 800, I made the dope spot a weed spot. Me and this nigga on the block busting hella knocks. Hit me a twin if you wanted two for 10. Just got a call from V, he know I stay ready to spin. It never ends, I got a legal turf now. Full circle, got niggas like, wow. Everybody wanna ask me how, but I just kept path walking, man, that's my style. I wanna bring the real grapes back. I'm tired of smoking all these womp womp sacks. Ask Bila, he say it's all facts. I don't grow nothing less than the real light packs. It's Cookie Man, I came back to the booth. You ask me, I'm gonna always speak the truth. A ex felon with a club in my city, you can Google blunts and more if you still need proof. Come on. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, man, talk to him for I got a legal trap. What <laughs> the fuck is talking about, man? <laughs> all right, y'all, there you have it. This has been the Higher Learning with 420 NJ Events Podcast, where it's always 420. Did you learn something new? Did you guys find this valuable? If you did, please like, comment, or subscribe. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Thanks for watching. Peace.